Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello. We are back from our little mini Memorial Day hiatus. I'm back at least. And guess what? Sarah is going to be back full time starting next week. Woohoo! Like kind of sad though because she's nearing the end of her mat leave. But I am so excited to have her back and all to myself. <laughs> Anyways, we have an amazing guest, Annie Lawless, who is the founder of Lawless Beauty. If you're not familiar with this brand, this is one of the top selling brands at Sephora. People are truly obsessed with it. I always kind of gauge how a brand is doing when I talk to my friends that don't live in New York or LA. And if they are obsessed with the brand, then I'm like, okay, this is what the status quo is gravitating towards. And my friends are obsessed with Lawless. And I felt really cool because I've known Annie since she launched the brand way back in yesteryear. I believe it was 2018. You're going to fall in love with her. Annie is an incredible entrepreneur. She is such a strong, smart, driven person. And it's kind of hilarious. Like, she's just brilliant. She was going to go to law school, decided she hated law. And then she started a brand, not in beauty, which you'll hear about, sells it, and then launches Lawless and is doing killer, killer things with this brand. She has autoimmune diagnoses. And so she created both of her brands out of necessity, which is something that I really respect and gravitate towards. And while Lawless is considered a clean brand, Annie does talk about that she doesn't ride on the fact that it's clean. She rides on the fact that it's performance-based and that the products are fun to use, they feel good to use, and they're made with ingredients that actually work and benefit the skin, which I'm a huge fan of. I can't remember how many episodes ago it was, but I was singing the praises of Forget the Filler, the plumping lip gloss, because it truly is my absolute favorite. I had to restock myself recently because I'm going through it so fast. I mean, I'm applying it all day, every day. Cherry Vanilla and now the new Juicy Watermelon, those are my two absolute faves. I also love the Sweet Dreams lip mask. I wear it every single night and Quinn always tries to lick it off my lips, which really honestly isn't saying much because she tries to lick everything off my face after I put it on, which is disgusting and also like don't eat my skincare, but I digress. Anyways, I don't want to take up any more time because Annie's interview is so great. You're going to love her. And as usual, if you want to shop anything that Annie talks about in this episode, because she has some amazing recommendations for hair and skincare as well, you can find it all on our Shop Our Shelf. Annie Lawless. Wait, can we just go back to yesteryear? What year was it? 2018, 2017? When did you launch the brand? 2017, October 2017. 
Okay, I remember this because yes. I got an email that there was a new brand in town and we went to the platform in Culver City <laughs> and we had coffee outside and you walked me through your lipsticks and told me the ethos of Lawless. And like, I had not known anything about you prior to this. I just remember being like, this chick is right up my alley because you like to be tan. All day <laughs> and- long. Same. And you wear just as much makeup as I do. I think I wear more, Kirby. <laughs> you do. You do. You do wear more, more makeup, at least today. At least today. <laughs> but it, it was kind of reassuring because I don't know if people realize this, but sometimes when you meet makeup founders, I think it's shifted a lot since 2017. But in the early aughts, like you would meet makeup founders and they would not wear that much makeup. And it was kind really? of weird. I know it's sort of like going to the dentist and then having them smile and having like horrible teeth. And it's like, do you even like yeah. teeth? <laughs> right. Like, I thought that you was your forte. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's been so long. I've known you for so long. I had the most amazing experience at Rancho Valencia in March with you and your amazing team and really learned so much more about the brand. I mean, because you've expanded, you've exploded since then, you know, went into Sephora and we'll get into all that. But like I have praised Forget the Filler. Like this is such a genius product in my opinion. And I can't wait to see where it goes from lips. But this gloss Y'all, if you're not watching, like literally, I am like plowing through this this product. It is so, so good. That's what's been on my face like for the last two and a half months religiously. But I want to know like what's on your face? What are you loving, Annie? Okay, so I have like a beauty inside out sort of methodology. So I have some beauty products that are just things I consume because I think I look better when I consume them. So like every morning in my smoothie, I put spirulina powder. I do this for my daughter. I feel like there's something about it that like oxygenates my whole body, including my skin. It's like when I drink water and I'm having spirulina, it absorbs better or something. So spirulina powder and collagen powder. And this was a tip I got from just an older friend of mine who was like, girl, drink that shit up (laughs) like collagen all day long I wish this was a thing back when I was in my 20s she's in her 50s now and she was like collagen 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 so I put collagen and spirulina in my smoothies and then my skincare has been my other thing and there's one product in particular but you have to get this specific one so it's biologique recherche and it's a toner and everybody knows the p50 toner but you need to get the 1970 version so it's called p I just got that okay you're gonna die it does burn a little <laughs> bit on your face but i'm that person that's i'm like oh the burn more burn the better like I, i'm like sloughing it off just take that layer off and i swear like all the little bumpies and things like it just it smooths my skin out like nothing else and it's a toner so i really really like that um, in general, one tool I've been obsessed with, I have them in my car, like ever. my husband found one the other day under the seat of our car. And he's like, what is that? It's those little try. I think I got this off TikTok, but it's those little triangle powder puffs. Yes. But I've been using them to blot my oil yep. because I have a weird thing where I feel like oil absorbing sheets actually take my makeup off. Mm. And then I have to like reapply where this like powder puff thing, if I just like put it here in T-zone, I feel like it just takes the oil away but it like leaves my makeup intact so i've been using those not only like at my vanity but for my whole area love and then the other obsession i have is the shu umura for my hair ultra repair line i think it's called and i bleach my hair 
I obviously like don't, I'm not shy about it. I really bleach my hair. (laughs) And the only thing that helps me with breakage has been the shampoo and conditioner. And I'm the person that's like, "Mm, shampoo and conditioner, like, does it really do anything? This is the first time I've ever used a specific product line that I'm like, my hair's like these pieces in particular break off the fastest when I bleach. They've never gotten like past here. And I swear it's, there's something about this line. So I use the shampoo conditioner and then they have like a serum that's dual chambered. If you're a blonde out there or just anyone that color processes your hair or uses bleach in any way, try that and report back because I really think that is like the number one thing that saved my hair. And your hair looks healthy for a blonde that bleaches their hair. I have to tell you. And I saw you in person recently. So it's been looking real good. (laughs) It's been looking real good. I love you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Since we both love tanning, what is your go-to tanning moment? Oh, Okay. So the tan I'm wearing right now, you recommended this to me because we were talking about the struggle and all the self tanners listening to this know the struggle between exfoliation, the weird fade. If you have two things in a row, but they're not together, you tan for one thing. But if it's three days later, then you're like, oh, my tan is going to be gross. I have to retan. Right. It's like a whole thing. So you recommended Dolce Glow. And I told you, I like a lotion or a cream. I like something gradual that I don't like a foam kind of just makes me nervous. And I'd also sacrifice the hydration because Mm. like I'm used to getting out of the shower and having a lotion. So I love a cream. The Dolce Glow, Glow, the darker cream. Oh my God. It's such a natural color. Like I don't feel orange. I feel like a little bit, there's like a brown undertone, but the fade is what really gets me. Like it fades so evenly. I actually, like there's been times I don't feel like I even have to slough the whole thing off to just start over because it's not Mm. so patchy that I'm like, I'm just going to put it right back on. So uh, thank you for that one. You're so welcome. product testing led to me getting to benefit from that recommendation from you because it's the best hand. I agree. I was shook. Like they're, in, I guess, an Ulta now, but I mean, she tans every single person, and she, like Miley Cyrus just invested in that brand, so I feel like they're gonna blow up. But it's crazy because usually for gradual tanners, I don't know about you, but usually I'm like, this is not really doing much. Like, because I usually go for like the light medium, not like the dark. I know. So I'm like, is it really even doing anything besides just moisturizing? Like, I see a little deposit on my hands, but whatever. But you're so right. The darker color of the the gradual tan is just like the perfect tan in general. Yeah. So I go to town on that. I'm obsessed with it. It feels amazing. It doesn't have a weird smell. I don't know how she did it, but she really just killed it. I'm obsessed with her. When you get what you want, like you apply it once and you see it. It's like, oh yeah, this actually like worked. And the next day, like I could do another layer if I want to go darker, but like it did something where a lot of the graduals, it's like, oh, I got to do this for like three or four days before I really get what I want. And sometimes you don't have time for that. It's like SOS, I need a tan by like tomorrow, (laughs) but I don't want to go in with like a really dark foam and then like mess up somewhere and be totally screwed. So that's definitely like my, I need that on auto delivery. Like that needs to go on Amazon Prime. Yes. Oh my God. Every month I, I, I eat it up. I love it so much. That was such a good what's on your face, like all, all the things. I love that you, (laughs) you touched them all. Like the Biologique Recher people are like, is this an overhyped product? Like you can only get it. I'm like, it's not overhyped. It really does what it says it's gonna do. And there are different versions of it. So everyone should really look into what each one does. But the 1970 I just got, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this really is the next. Like for me, I think I like that one more than the regular. 
I do too. So that was like, I think the original when they first formulated it and then they got feedback. I mean, like I said, it kind of makes your skin burn and tingle a little bit, but I mean, I'm 35. I like that. Like take it off, like stop (laughs) the wrinkles. Like exfoliation to me is like the key. Totally. And when I tried it, I noticed like the resurfacing, like the smoothness of my skin. And as a makeup person, your makeup only looks as good as your skin underneath. Like you can put as much makeup on as you want, but if your skin is textured, you know, has all sorts of issues going on, it really isn't going to lay the way you want it to. And so I'm always hyper aware about like my skin finish and something about that toner. And I will say like the science behind that whole line, I also use their, um, the other thing I swear by is their Y'all O2 serum. I think it's called, it's in a blue bottle. It's a hydrating serum and you put on after your moisturizer, it's called a finishing serum. It's like the last step. It makes your skin, like if you've used a retinol or anything and your skin is flaky and dry or whatever, if you use that, you will wake up in the morning and it's fixed it. It like pumps your skin with hydration. Oh, I'm picking this up. I've been getting so many great recommendations from our guests recently. Honestly, sometimes guests come on and I'm like, (laughs) I've been there, done that, like whatever. But I love it when a guest can actually teach me something. So I have so many things I have to write down after this episode. Yeah, yeah. You need that one. I need it. I need it. Okay, so I feel like you've had multiple lives in terms of your career. And maybe a lot of people don't know this, and that's why I'm so excited to have you on, because you truly are a baller, like (laughs) boss-ass bitch. You've absolutely just... You have like a second life. You went from one category to another. I would love for you to walk everyone through your first foray into building a business and how that started because I think it's genuinely one of the most inspirational things I have ever heard. So thank you. Please walk us through your juicing business and how that came to be. The funny thing is my current business and beauty and juicing are both connected by just things in my life that I needed. So a lot of people don't know this about me, but when I was younger, I was diagnosed with multiple autoimmune issues. I have celiac, I had eczema, it was all over my face, my body. Um, And then recently, just in the last two years, I was diagnosed with Crohn's. So I have autoimmune activity that I'm just genetically prone to, I guess. My body attacks itself in multiple ways. And so juicing was really the result of being diagnosed with celiac at 12 and then picking up a bunch of books and learning about nutrition. Because as a kid, you don't think about the correlation between what you eat and what happens on your skin, your body, how you feel. You just, you like something, you eat it, you move on. And, you know, this was when I was 12, I'm 35 now. So there wasn't even like Whole Foods, the whole organic food movement. We eat so much healthier now than we did back then. So I was eating like every kid, pizza, Pop-Tarts, candy, you know, all those things. When I educated myself on nutrition, I really got obsessed with this notion of juicing because there was a guy, Dr. Norman Walker, who created the first cold press, the Norwalk, who was explaining that people with digestive issues like celiac need to lower the digestive labor and juice was a great way to pump your body with nutrients without having to digest the fiber and i was fascinated by that and so i got into juicing and shortly after that you know i i moved to san diego for law school decided i hated law i i did my undergrad at arizona state decided i hated law and so i started teaching yoga at a yoga studio to meet people outside of law school and i would always bring my little juice to class that i made on my cold press and so People would always ask me what kind of juice it was. And I was like, oh, you know, it's cold pressed juice. And here's all the benefits of cold pressing. And uh, at the time, there was like Jamba Juice, um, you know, places like that. We weren't, San Diego wasn't like LA and New York where there was Organic Avenue and Liquiteria and there was no juice places. 
And so a guy came up one day on a skateboard with a cold pressed juice in his hand in a glass bottle. And he said, oh, I make this at my house when I asked him where it was from. And I said, oh, me too. I have a Norwalk press. And he was like, me too. I'm, I, I'm a raw organic food chef. So we struck up conversation and then decided to sort of start this little local business out of our houses and apartment. And so that was kind of the beginning of Suja. A few months later, a couple of local guys wanted to invest and help us kind of scale and create something a little bit more official than making it out of our house. And um, we started at a nightclub. It was the pastry kitchen. They let us use that space to like get a commercial sized juicer. We were distributing it just through San Diego, delivering juice. I think you know this, but I met my husband that way. He ordered juice for me and I delivered it. Um, But it was just a very like small local operation. And then Whole Foods at the time was looking to do that local initiative where I'm sure if you're a Whole Foods shopper, you've seen a product or two that says local, buy it with the name of the people and the miles away that it was made. And they were just starting to look for these niche local brands that had a little bit of a cult following to bring into their just regional stores. And so they reached out and that was history. We launched in the Southern Pacific region, and then six months later, corporate plus us out nationally. Then we launched in Costco and Target. And then ultimately in 2015, we sold half the business to Goldman Sachs and Coca-Cola. And then recently, um, about I think a year ago, just sold the rest. So wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that story <laughs> so much. I, I smile like an idiot every time I hear you talk about it, because it is just such a It went from being truly a passion and something that you were really searching for a solution for to Mm -hmm. then becoming a full-fledged business, which I think is like the best path to having a successful business is like actually having a passion behind it instead of being like, oh, this is missing from the market. I can make money off of it. Like, let's see what we can do here. Totally. The authenticity is the number one key to success, I think. 100%. Suja happens, you sell it in, uh, or half of it at least, in 2015. And then how did Mm -hmm. this lead you to Lawless and cosmetics? I, I imagine it probably had to do with kind of finding a solution similar to what juicing was for you. Yep. So I had a blog back in the day called Blonde.com. And it was really just, yeah, B-L-A-W-N-D-E, because my last name's L-A-W. And this was like back in the days of like um, Tumblr and like where you would go stand in front of your garage and like have a friend take pictures. Like I would do OOTDs, recipes, like makeup stuff. And so I started a YouTube channel doing makeup tutorials. And I've loved makeup since high school. My grandma is from Georgia, Atlanta. She was such a like makeup glam kind of person. She had like, we used to call it the helmet, but she would have like this extreme hairspray, like hairdo. She would have pink nails every day. I mean, she was like a glamazon. And so um, my mom, my sister, my older sister were both very into makeup. And so in high school, I really got into makeup. And I loved makeup. And so as I had my blog and everything, I posted that I switched over to clean skincare. And this was at a, and I did a whole list of my recommendations. And this was when Sephora was bringing brands in, like Tata Harper and Tatcha, like in the very beginning. This was before they had a clean seal or anything. And they were starting this like clean skincare thing. So this whole post about it. And then I got some comments recommending or asking what my recommendations were for clean makeup. And I was like, you know, that's such a good question because I use Giorgio Armani foundation, NARS blush, Bobbi Brown eyeshadows, like all those kind of things. And I just listed all the ingredients I'm trying to cut out of my skincare, but then I'm putting them all back on my face five minutes later with my makeup. This seems really silly. So I tried to get every clean 
clean makeup item I could find to test it and try it and come up with some lists. So I went to Whole Foods, tried brands there. Sephora didn't have a very big clean makeup assortment at the time, and it just wasn't what it is now at all. And I was right. like, this is not going to work for me. Like, I love full coverage. I'm someone that is so used to using these, like, luxury conventional brands, the makeup we're all used to and love. There's no way I would, like, substitute any of these products for what I've been trying. Like, this is not the kind of makeup. So I realized there have to be so many other people out there that are like me, that love makeup, love beauty, love artistry, but also just want certain ingredients substituted. I have to create that. There's a white space here. There's no high performance, clean makeup brand. That's just a great brand that also is clean. Like there's just clean makeup that's for the no makeup makeup person, the tin and moisturizer level coverage person, the five minute face in your car visor kind of person, not the like 45 minute at my vanity lights. Like I need the full thing. And so that was when I really got inspired to do Lawless and started just Googling manufacturers and calling all sorts of people and kind of starting to educate myself on beauty manufacturing. You have to think about that time because at that time, when you thought about a makeup that was free of certain things or more natural or organic or, or however they wanted to market themselves, it really was like for people that didn't want to wear a lot of makeup it wasn't the full face girl completely and that's what when i met you initially i was like oh this is so interesting this is definitely an angle that i have not been pitched before i've not heard this before this was not like something that was really even prevalent at that time so it really was a white space i know some people listening might be like what are you talking about but like truly at that time it was not even a thing Yeah. And I had the benefit of seeing it happen in food because like when I launched Suja at Whole Foods, it was $9.99 a bottle because we didn't have purchasing power. We were a small brand. So our, our margin wasn't even that good. We were just had to charge what we had to charge. But I saw like people went from not caring and buying things like Naked and on Walla and not understanding there's so much sugar and it's all processed and it's all, you know, pasteurized to really understanding it. And it was like a shift that happened And I knew this was going to happen in beauty. This isn't just like a little niche market for the no makeup makeup person that's a little bit elitist and like kind of makes fun of people that wear makeup. And she's like, you know, going to buy like the $65, you know, cream blushes that are clean and like the really heavy porcelain packaging. Like this needs, needs to be a thing. Like we just should have better ingredients. But we also love makeup and like that's never going anywhere. And so that was why I always said, I never want to ride on clean. Like, I don't want to lead my foot with, I'm a clean brand. I want to be like, I'm a great makeup brand that you love the products if you love makeup, but I'm clean too. Like, that's just a part of the, that's one pillar of the overall brand that we've created. Totally. I have to say, I am critical of clean in general. Uh, As a journalist, I, I can, you know, devil's advocate, see both sides of everything. And the listeners know this, glams, y'all know. But one reason I do really love Lawless, and I have actually kind of, you know, I have very strong opinions, but I also say they're loosely held at times because I can see other people's point of view. So like for, in your case, like having autoimmune diseases or someone has like extremely sensitive skin, having a clean seal can be a really great peace of mind. I do think that there is a lot of fear mongering Mm -hmm. in the clean space that's completely unnecessary. And one of the reasons why I personally love Glawless Additionally, and you know, I love you as well, but as a brand is that you don't shove it in people's faces. It's like, 
this is a bomb lip gloss that's like actually going to plump your lips without burning them to a crisp and the the imagery is beautiful and then when they actually get the product it's like fun to wear and they come in these beautiful shades and it's like you're not shoving it in people's face it's just something like you're you're I love that you said that you're not writing on the clean you're writing on the performance of the actual product Absolutely. And I'm not someone that would go buy clean makeup and just tolerate it for the ingredients. Like I would still (laughs) use my conventional stuff if there's nothing better in clean. And the thing about clean is there is a lot of fear mongering. And for me, I, there's bigger picture things that we don't have to go into the little micro details of all the things that actually are safe, even if they're chemical that people just want to pick apart. But like, Talk, for example, when I launched powder, I knew I wanted it to be talk free because I was freaked out about the Johnson and Johnson lawsuits saying that talk was related to all sorts of deaths and cancers. And I'm like, there's people that have done extreme research in this litigation process to come up with this science data based information. So talk is probably a problem. And I don't want to be breathing that in every day because I'm a baker and do all the types of things where I see powder flying up in the air. And I'm like, I probably don't want to inhale that every day because maybe it's not going to kill me this month or this year. But like over the span of many years, breathing this in, you never know. Like it looks like there's data. So we're very data driven in what we do. And your point about the gloss, like we don't only have it so it doesn't just tingle, but like there's clinicals behind it. So this is a dermatologic dermatology ingredient called MaxiLip that I discovered before we even developed the gloss. And I was compelled because I was like, I love the look of lip filler, but I cannot get a needle in my lip. Like even the thought of it scares me to death. But uh-huh. the clinicals on this show that if you wear this with continued use, it can increase collagen production in vitro by 351%. So I was like, amazing, like, how can we get this into a gloss? And so then we start working with formulators. So it's really not developing from a clean angle. It's more of an efficacious level. And then we take a look at the ingredients and say, okay, is this something that like, if I were to eat it every day, what data is there? Is this harmful? Can this, has this been linked to anything? And so we don't really go from the clean angle and say, can you just give us your off the product or off the shelf products that you have that are from your clean library? We say, this is what we want to do. I love lip plumpers. I hate that they burn. I hate that they sting. A lot of them are really like bright kind of like candy colors with like fruit punch scents. Like I want a grown up lip plumper that is actually, I'm wearing lip gloss all day, every day. Anyway, it might as well be actually increasing my collagen production and preventing aging over time. And so I think there's just, that's the difference when we think of clean. It's more of like, how can we make this, make your skin, make your, make your lips, make your eye, whatever it is better if it's going to be on there, it might as well be improving your face as you're wearing it. And so that's kind of like the fun part for me about formulating is finding ways to make my products more than just makeup. Right, right. I have fun wearing your products. I I, I truly am obsessed with them. I, I have said that probably like eight times at this point, but I truly <laughs> love, love, love this brand. I love hearing that. So I wanted to bring up a story, a speaking of clean, Um, from Beauty Independent that Sarah and I covered a few weeks ago. And Mm -hmm. it is, is the beauty industry suffering from a product quality crisis? And there are a ton of cosmetic chemists and um, formulators that are quoted that have varying opinions on this. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious from your point of view as someone who started this brand and we just talked about like how you guys come at a, you know, come at your products from a formulation angle, like, 
obviously you're probably seeing a lot of the talk around certain brands and you know things smelling or things separating and things not looking mm-hmm. what is, what are your thoughts when you read a story like this so i have two thoughts okay the first one is that i i don't know if there's a, actually a crisis as much as we just hear more about it and i say this because i come from the food space and i can't tell you how many times there would be a recall within Whole Foods of different products, different brands. And the customer never really hears about it, but we just know because we get these big you know, emails letting every vendor know what's going on. And so it, I wouldn't say there's like a beauty specific crisis. I think in general, in any industry, there are mess ups. And there's times where the diligence, diligence isn't done, the time isn't taken, and something just goes awry, whether it's in the manufacturing process, whatever it may be. And so I think we hear more about it because we have social media now and we have so much information at our fingertips. And if something happens 30 seconds later, it's online. So you hear about everything. But two, I think there is a problem. And I know this because I know how long it takes to formulate a product. And I can't tell you, even right before I got on with you, I was just texting our president, Rachel, and my PD, like head of PD, Melina, that a product we've been working on for like a year now just got launched. I just saw it and I'm like, oh, this is exactly what we're doing. But I think there's this hype about launching products and racing and being first to market and doing things. And, oh, I see an opportunity here. This blew up from this brand. We have to do one. And then like, let's rush, rush. And I think that's a huge problem just because I know how long it takes to really do a product and do it right. And it takes sometimes years. And so not only is there a lot of testing involved from the manufacturer side, because they're required to do certain you know, quality assurance and product testing, whether it's compatibility, stability, all of that. But as a brand, like ultimately I'm the person putting this out. I'm giving the manufacturer money saying, I'm going to buy this from you. It's like shipping it directly, shipping a gift directly to someone without looking at it and understanding like, this is what I ordered. This is correct. Right. Right. And so for me, it's really about taking the time. And I'm lucky that in our organization, we have so many makeup lovers. And so when we get a product, we stress test. We don't just leave that on the manufacturer. We make sure that once we get a finished good, we stress test it across all of us. We've, we're constantly texting pic- the ugliest pictures, you know, going, look at that crease of my nose. Did you see what it did there? Like all these things. In a week, does it smell okay? In a month, does it smell okay? Is the color still the same? All these different things. And then I think the other piece of that is a lot of brands have products that they put out that they just get from a catalog. So most manufacturers have like a clean library, a regular library, and they have already like formulated things. Every single thing that we release is custom. So it actually is really on us to do all of our own testing. We're building something from scratch. So even the manufacturers doing new testing, we're not banking on their testing they did on this formula they created two years ago. We're creating it real time. So we have to, they want to make sure it's compatible and stable because they don't want to get into a problem with us if it's not right. So I think there's many layers of testing that need to happen. I also think working with reputable manufacturers, like when I first launched the brand, we were small. So you don't get the attention of the big guys quite yet. But now that I'm working with much bigger global manufacturers, I see the level of testing that is just built in to their protocol. And so I think making sure when you work with a manufacturer, that is just a standard that they have. And you don't just, you know, think, oh, well, they'll, they'll make sure it's a good product. You have to make sure that they have a full team, like monitoring every single step of the process. I'm curious, uh, you, you kind of mentioned like the white label of it all. Are you mm-hmm. able to clock when a brand is white label? Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. 
A hundred percent because I've seen it. So what happens is a lot of times all the manufacturers will send me these boxes and it's like their, their assortment. Like this is what we have in clean. This is what's new and clean or whatever. So I've seen the product. I've, I've played with it. It's usually even like pressed in the same way or in a very similar component because that's what it's been like formulated to kind of work with. And so I can identify immediately. And I mean, there's definitely some, not, not in clean, there's two products I can think of from the same brand that I really like and are good products, but they're, I like have them in just like unlabeled by the brand name packaging. It's like the same thing. Wow. And so I think that's why for us, well, there's also the piece to, to answer this question from a third perspective. There's also the piece that we are a founder driven brand. And so a lot of brands that don't have really like that person behind it and it's a team, they get a product, they're all kind of like swatch, looks good. Okay, great, passes. I'm actually wearing it all day, testing it, trying it, making sure I have I have to love it because it's embarrassing for me to put something out that like I don't love. If I'm using something else over my own product, that's a problem. I think that's the thing is like a lot of these brands without a real founder behind it will go and a teams of their, you know, product development people will say, we like this, we like this, it looks good, cool, let's launch it. And so that thought level is missing behind it where it's like, is this really performing well? What happens if you go to yoga in it? What happens if you sit by the pool in it? What happens if you have a full day flight and you have to be in a meeting all day and then fly back? Does it still look good by the time you get home? Like all these different personal things that are really more the practical testing side. Um, and so, yeah, I can spot them all the time and it makes me have a hard time spending the money on them when I know like, it's really not that special of a product at the end of the day. Wait, so is there a way for us as consumers to kind of spot these things? Or is it just something where you have the intel because you work behind the scenes so you can clock it because you've gotten the product before? Or is there anything where it's kind of like, oh, well, I can, I didn't get this product, but I can tell from this messaging or, or something like I, I'm curious I would love to know I, I like I that's the thing that I'm yeah I'm fascinated by but obviously I don't have the behind the scenes intel so I I don't know if something's actually white labeled or not it is really hard to tell and man you a lot of these big manufacturers do create beautiful products and so when you see a brand call out like a special ingredient story or whatever but I would say like there's certain things that you know are kind of trendy um, like in skincare or whatever that where like a brand will say like there's hyaluronic acid in this foundation or there's whatever and whatever. And typically, you know, there's been a big team of on the manufacturing side creating products that they've seen these like, you know, NPV trends of like these are the ingredients that are popping off. These are what's happening. So I think like when you see a brand launching something that feels like I haven't really seen that before. I haven't done that or I haven't. That's when you kind of know it's probably more custom because okay. it's not just looking at what in the market is working. Let's do more of that. Let's add that into something. Let's. It's like there's a lot of buzzwords, and so when you hear of an ingredient that's not really as buzzy or that is a formulation you wouldn't have thought of before, that's usually done on the brand side. Got it. Um, I'm curious. Is there a hurdle that you think beauty brands are experiencing at the moment? I, I hate to say post COVID because we're very much still like dealing with that, but. I guess like post 2021, 2022, that you think brands are dealing with a lot more of that consumers are maybe frustrated with, but don't understand that there are hurdles you guys are trying to get over. I think um, out of stocks and just like the whole availability of product. I saw this a lot, like even in the recent Sephora sale, there's like a lot of products that are out of stock that you want, but, and a lot of times you're like, what's going on? Why can't Sephora get more product? Why can't the brand get more product? Like, how does this all work? There is still such a delay in the time and there's also such a like need for more 
people working. I think a lot of people are still, you know, not back to work or have changed their career. And so there's just like this lack of, you know, things getting done at the speed that they were before COVID. And so that delays shipping time, that increases prices of everything for the brands. And so things just move a little bit slower, I think. So these big out of stocks and all that. And I also think, you know, brick and mortar is still picking back up. Like it's not at the level it was pre-COVID. And so Sephora's largely, we're a Sephora exclusive brand. Sephora's are largely mall-based. And so when malls have been closed and stores have been closed for many years, people are coming back and it's definitely like picking back up and it's getting closest to original speed, but it's been a long time that we've been in this, like nobody's, there's no foot traffic. And so figuring out how to manage all of the inventory and all of that, I think is a really difficult thing that brands have been dealing with the last couple of years and are just starting to really like regulate and come out of. But I'm actually feeling excited to see people wearing makeup again. And I'm feeling like this is actually a great time for beauty brands because it's like, we've had this big break and everyone just wants to get back to life. Everyone wants to travel again. Everyone wants to have their events again, parties, weddings, So to me, this is actually like a really sweet spot to be because it's just the time now where like, I think things are going to explode and people want to play. People want to explore. People want to try new products and things. They've had two years of nothing. So I think it's going to be a a good thing actually for beauty. On that note, as a brand founder, what gets you excited about the state of beauty right now? Well, that's one big thing is just seeing people excited. But I think for me, the, the most exciting thing is, you know, I'm 35. I've never had a facial, like, but I'm starting to see signs of aging. And so as I'm starting to like, forget the filler was our first hero franchise. And it's because yes. we have a clinically proven, clinically studied, like not by us, by scientists in a lab with instruments, ingredient in it. And that has inspired me to like have skincare and, you know, clinical grade skincare in so many products that we have coming out. And so for me, that's like the most passionate thing um, I feel about beauty right now is just makeup that's actually going to help my skin look better and give me something that's going to help where I am in my life right now. And in general, I'm just always passionate about like our brand, you'll see our launches. It's very much what I need at that state of my life. And so like when I became a mom, I had different needs. When I was doing YouTube, I had different needs. When COVID happened, I had different needs. And so I'm always really passionate about beauty because there's always like this fluctuation of where I am in my life and like the types of things I need. But mostly it's really just like infusing skincare and kind of like raising the bar of makeup is something we put on every single day, just like our skincare. But why don't we think about it like skincare? You put your face cream on and whatever, and then you don't expect anything out of your makeup except that superficial coverage. And it's like, how can we make efficacious like skincare grade makeup? And so that's something I'm just really passionate about because I'm getting new ingredients and new ideas every day now that we're kind of on this path. So it's been really fun. All right. For people that may not have tried Lawless, are there three products that they should pick up at Sephora to introduce themselves to the brand? And if there's particular shades that you would recommend, by all means. Yes, I'll give you my favorite shades, but obviously shade recommendations are really subject to your personal skin tone and like wants and needs. So I'll tell you what I love. But go explore and have fun because we definitely have something for everyone. But I would say my number one product is the gloss just because, or forget the filler gloss, it's it's the, it's the my addiction. Yeah, you're putting it on now. It's I have like five right here. I have like my whole little, this is my desk side thing where I keep all of my products. <laughs> Annie, no, this is psychotic. I, I need help. It's like crazy. I have, and then I have like all of the these, like, look, I have the ball, yeah. I have 
all on my desk. I'm obsessed. I just love it because it's like a filter for my lips. So if, and I'm a light lipstick wearer, like I love light pinks. I love light nudes, but they do accentuate some of my lip lines. And since I don't have filler, unfortunately, like they show up. And so this is like a filter. It just smooths it out. Like your lips right now look like the juiciest, like your walking advertisement. So juicy. And I just also love that over time, like I feel like it's doing something for me. Um, I would say second is our mask because that's my second most used product. I use this every day, every night while I'm prepping for my makeup. I wear this when I'm working out. I wear this when I'm stroller walking my daughter. I wear this like nonstop. And I would say my third product is our new perfecting powder because it doesn't matter if you wear foundation, if you're a full coverage person, a light coverage person, it really is perfecting. Just like it says, it has that blurring, smoothing quality and it has that, you know, tint to it. That's going to give you some coverage, but it's not thick and cakey. And it's just going to be like a nice veil of smoothing over your skin. So I feel like it's just the most universal, versatile product. I keep one in my purse, my car. And I feel like anytime, like I just went the other day to get my hair done and you know, when they wash your, um, face and then like I'm that person that like has the foundation <laughs> that matches my spray tan not yes. my actual skin so Same. it like it leaves that ring I just grab that on a puff and like put it in the car so I wouldn't look like a crazy person going about my day and it's just amazing it just like smoothed it all in and it's just to me it's like it's like that all purpose like you just need it you just need to have it in your bag 911 you're shiny you're oily your foundation swiped off you're not wearing any foundation you need some coverage you need some blurring whatever and it works for dry skin oily skin mature skin it's just it's amazing yeah it is a great product i use that every single day um i have to say for forget the filler the gloss cherry vanilla is the nostalgic gloss of my dreams. I love it so much. This is the best selling skew, right? It's our best seller. And it's funny because this was just supposed to be a limited edition summer launch. So I was like, God, in the summer, I always think of like juicy, fruity pops of color. And I had cherry chapstick all growing up. I want it to be like that nostalgic scent that feels like not just straight cherry, but has that vanilla warmth to it that feels creamy and dreamy, but like that popsicle stain. It's not like a full opaque red. But it just Mm -hmm. gives you that, like, your lips fit better rosy, like you've been laying in the sun or you've been, like, on a little run. And it became so popular that we launched it in our mask, which is the one I have here because it's my favorite one. And uh, we might have something else coming next year with Cherry in it. And um, we made a permanent because it just became, like, the number one skew. Okay, so I I can talk about this now because I saw on Instagram that y'all have been talking about juicy watermelon. Watermelon. So, so watermelon is like cherry vanilla 2.0. So yeah. this summer, I'm like, well, cherry vanilla is permanent. So we can't like, we have to do the next wave. So this is your like hot, juicy watermelon version. So this is going to give you that like more pink pop of color. It smells, my um, inspiration for this scent was a uh, watermelon Jolly Rancher because I would have those in my backpack and like the front of my jam sport section and I lived in Phoenix and it's so hot and so they would like melt in there and my backpack <laughs> smelled like that and so that Jolly Rancher set was like I told the lab just try to replicate this as much as you can right and so that's where the inspo for juicy watermelon came and I'm such a pink girl I feel like this is such a barbie core color so yes Perfect I cannot wait to timing. Get we have a blush We have a blush, so it's like that summer pop of color. It's such a fresh pink girl next door kind of cheek when you just want that like really um, beautiful pink flush cheek. So I think you guys are going to love this. I feel like this is going to have to be a staple 
and a permanent addition. I know. I think so too. We've, we've been talking about that internally. We're like, let's just prepare for this to pop off because it's going to be a cherry vanilla 2.0. This is amazing. Um, Annie, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting. Where can everybody find you and where can they find Lawless? My Instagram is just my name, very obscure, at Annie Lawless. Very easy to find me. And then we're exclusive with Sephora, so they're our main retail partner. And then lawlessbeauty.com. All right, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts. I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com